Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. And then he went and threw him into prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay the debt. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The Reverend Dr. Alex Evans is pastor at Second Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia, and he is involved in ministry with police officers. He's been doing this ever since the shootings at Virginia Tech years ago. Um, he works with the officers to provide help and healing uh, and encouragement for those who've been involved in critical incidents like um, shootings or other violent uh, events or car wrecks or, or other traumatic um, happenings in their lives and in their work. So to work with these public servants, he says, is to be engaged in a big sea of complex thoughts and feelings emotions and actions all related to life and death and revenge and forgiveness. He gives an example. Evans tells the story of a police officer who was killed in the line of duty and the murderer was on the loose. So to have an officer killed in the line of duty is a, a wrenching um, event for any police department and to have police searching desperately for the offender who has killed a fellow officer is one of the most motivating, he says, and also maddening pursuits that police have to handle. There's a lot of grief and there's loss around this fellow officer and a dear friend. And when that gets mingled with fear 
as the search unfolds and then that gets mingled with the natural and intense desire for revenge, all of it can put, he said, effective police work in jeopardy. As so none of us, of course, are at our best when those elements come together, grief and fear and the desire for revenge. So he tells about one officer after this other officer's death uh, was in a debriefing session with him. And he said, I'll never forget, he described it this way. He said, I was riding around, you know, in a squad car filled with hatred. The criminal had killed one of my best friends. It was going to feel so good to find him and kill him. I was ready. I was focused. I had a mission. But as the hours passed, I realized that I was getting caught up in the rage and the loss. And I realized I was becoming, in my own thinking and feelings, all that the killer was, a hateful, murdering person. And I realized I am different. I have to be different. I am more than that. I cannot be pulled into the death-filled, hate-filled kind of existence that mimics that of the murderer. He said, I have to be the trained officer whose duty is to protect and to serve. Evan says he has a lot of admiration and respect for all the officers that he works with who have to deal with so much and who are trying so hard to serve among us. And in that case, the culprit was caught without anybody being killed by the police. And there are, of course, obviously lingering issues. And there are a lot of emotions and there are real struggles uh, with forgiveness and with life after tragedies like that. But the way the officer described his own struggle reminds us of the struggle that we all have to face at various times. You know, all of us can find ourselves swimming in that same sea of complex thoughts and feelings and emotions and actions that relate to revenge and to forgiveness and to life and to death. I mean, we all face a lot of challenges and hurts and those challenges and hurts can pull us away from our best selves. They can pull us a long way away from what we are called to be. Peter, one of the disciples asked Jesus, how many times must I forgive my brother? He's probably talking literally about his brother, Andrew. You know, they're, they're close-knit brothers, but they also get on one another's nerves quite a bit. And there's a fair amount of sibling rivalry, I think, at work. He says, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Jesus, seven times? Would that be enough, seven? In Luke, the question is, if my brother sins against me seven times for the same offense in one day, how many times do I have to forgive him? Matthew says it a little differently. In Jewish law, it says you have to forgive three times for the same offense. But the fourth time they commit the same offense against you, well, then you can get even. So they asked Jesus, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus answers, 77 times. But we're not real sure about the translation. The Greek could just as easily say 70 times seven. So we don't know if he said 77 times or if he actually is referring to 490 times 
for the same offense. We'd like to clarify it. We'd like to get that ironed out, you know, so we could keep score, maybe set up a dry erase board, keep a tally, bide our time until we finally hit that magic one where we get to retaliate. Because when we're hurt, we get angry. Um, we look forward to unleashing that anger sometimes. We relish the thought of making the other guy or gal pay. A lot of people I think are angry this, these days. I think it's the disruption and the fear around COVID and um, the uncertainty about the economy and the uncertainty about life getting back to normal and just all the little hassles that we have had to suffer because of the disruption in the way we do our lives. I see a lot of anger, but how do you get mad at a virus? It's not very satisfying to be mad at a virus. That's really the enemy after all. It's so much easier to get mad at the government or to get mad at the people who disagree with us or to get mad at the drivers and the cars around us or to get mad at our neighbors and at our kids and at our spouses. Heck, we probably even get mad at the cat. Forgiveness though is not just saying it's okay, ignoring the hurts, ignoring the trespasses, we have to acknowledge the hurt. We have to acknowledge the loss. We have to feel the pain. We have to feel the anger. That's the only way we can be honest and true to ourselves is to acknowledge the hurt that we're feeling. Otherwise, there's nothing to forgive. And then we need to ask ourselves, have we contributed to the situation in any way? In any small margin, have we been part of the problem? And if so, we need to own that. Can we make changes? Can we forgive ourselves? And then we have to ask, is it really possible for the other person to make it right? What would it take? Can they make it up to us? Is it really solvable? If so, then we ask that person for what we need. We spell it out, what we feel, what the violation was and what we feel like would make it right. And we give the other person the chance to share their side and to make amends. But if they're not willing or if they're unable to make those amends, well, then we have to let go with the anger and the bitterness. We have to because if we don't, it's going to consume us and make us something other than who we are and who we have been called to be. We can choose to let go of anger. We can choose to let vengeance pass away. We can choose to release the debt that is owed to us. We can stop looking for the things to be made right when they won't be. And we can stop actively nursing the hurt. Years ago when I was in seminary, my uncle was kidnapped by some men who were in a dispute with him uh, over rent payment due on a, on a storage unit that he owned. And he prevailed in a small claims court against them. And shortly after that, they kidnapped him on the night of his son's uh, high school prom night and held him hostage for a few days in a closet and then took him out in the woods across state lines and executed him with a gunshot. I don't know how my cousins got through that. 
they aren't ever going to stop fighting to keep the men who did it in prison because honestly they're not good men to have loose in public but they don't hate them they've let go of the anger and they've let go of the bitterness they've let go of the vengeance and now it's just about doing what's right at some point we have to say, yeah, that happened. <laughs> and no, it wasn't fair. And yes, we've been hurt. So how do I make the most of the situation? I mean, if you can't go back and change the past, then the one thing we might have a little control over is how we react in the present and what we wanna do with the future. We can humiliate public leaders. We can rub their noses in their mistakes. We can make them pay and we can take away their jobs, but none of it will bring yesterday back. There's nothing that we can do or that they can do to go back and make it right again. So maybe we need to say, we really, you really messed up, but we forgive you. It was a year ago, Joshua Saffel got a bike for Christmas. He was so excited. He had been wanting a bike forever. And this one had finally come and he rode it every single day that is until recently running out into his front yard joshua nine years old sees a man loading his brand new christmas bicycle into the trunk of the man's car and he shouts and chases after the car but the man drives off anyway at first joshua cries really bitter cheer, cheer, uh, tears he just sobs at the loss but he told his dad that night in his prayers that he forgave the thief he also wanted the thief to know that he was forgiven so the next day joshua dictates a message that his mother writes down on a large poster board and joshua signs it at the bottom and staples it to a sawhorse and puts it in the front yard it says, to the person who stole my bike, you really hurt my feelings when you took my bike. But I am a Christian, and because Jesus forgave me, I forgive you. Those last three words in all caps. When Joshua's dad left for work the next morning, the sign was face down in the yard but there at the end of the driveway stood the bike, cleaned up and good as new. Real forgiveness isn't easy. It hurts. It comes with a cost. But it happens when we meet each other in the place where we all belong, at the cross of Christ, recognizing that we have all sinned and all fallen short and that we are all in need of God's love and God's mercy and grace and forgiveness. Forgiveness comes when we recognize that God has taken evil and will use it for good. How many times must we forgive, Lord? Seven? Seventy-seven? Four hundred and ninety? Wrong question. Jesus turns it around on us. How many times has God forgiven you? In Jesus' story, we've been given immense grace, just like the slave who was forgiven by the king. 
Jesus wants to motivate us to live faithful lives of disciples, lives that actually practice forgiveness, not sometimes, not seven times, but always and endlessly. Remembering that we belong to God and we belong to the grace that covers us and sustains us, forgiven so extravagantly, we are then the people who forgive. Dr. Evans notes that when the police officer recognized how he was sinking into those revengeful, murderous ways, he said, I'm better than that. We also have the power to choose the better path, the power of God's kingdom, the place where evil and hatred are broken by love and forgiveness. And we can embrace a new day in the shelter of God's heart. Amen. All right. Hold on, because I'm going to share the screen. Whoops, I have not done that yet. Um,
God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Drawn together in the compassion of God, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Lord, you welcome us when we are weak in faith. Uphold your church throughout the world. Make it a place of welcome. Strengthen faith through Bible studies and Sunday schools, confirmation classes, and youth ministries. Nurture new ministries of education and growth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. The heights of the heavens show us the vastness of your steadfast love. Have compassion on your creation, where human selfishness has brought ruin and destruction. We look to you to heal, renew, and redeem your world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Make your ways known to the nations. Speak kindness to our bitter grudges. Settle our hearts when we want to settle accounts of violence. Bless our leaders with patience and wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bring healing and justice wherever harm is dealt. Provide vindication for all those who are oppressed. Free victims of human trafficking and forced labor. Deliver all who are bound by debt. Feed all who hunger and guard refugees fleeing famine, poverty, and war. We pray for all those who are ill and those we name before you now. Fred Daniel, Norma Evanson, Sophia Franklin Mend, Bob Harms, Gordon Henke, 
Roberta Jones, Daryl Kaufman, Linda Lunston, Nathan Roney, Linda Schrader, Sonia Strong, Donna Pino, and all those we name in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Teach us to forgive. Remind us that you do not always accuse us. Still our tongues when we are tempted to pass judgment and argue over opinions. Make this congregation a community of mercy for one another and for all our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Whether we live or whether we die, we are yours. We thank you for those who have shown us faithfulness, for the knees that taught us how to bow to you, and the tongues that taught us how to praise you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. Um, this time we'd normally be passing our offering plates, and so I will remind you that you can give online if you so choose at our website under the Live Generously tab. That's at lcrpv.org. Um, also, I know you're mailing those in and sometimes dropping them off at the church, and we thank you for that. I want to share with you two things during this time that I'm grateful for in giving thanks and praise to God on your behalf. And one is uh, we had uh, our first in-person service this past Wednesday at 11 a.m. I think there were 14 of us, if you counted me, and uh, John Livingston as well. And I think it went well. And so I know some had anxiety about if you came, you were going to be pushing out somebody else who needed it even more. So I, I'm just going to encourage you, if you'd like to come, I think there's going to be room. We're still limiting it to 35. And we ask that you send us an email or give us a call before you come so we know to expect you. Um, but it did feel good to be in the sanctuary. And it did feel like we were spread out well enough um, that it shouldn't have been an issue. The other is, I was leaving the church after the wedding last night, and I met the loveliest couple, Mark and Pam, are the people who are soon to be breaking ground on that lot closest to our par parking lot. And they were so excited uh, to meet me, and we talked for quite some time, and they had already looked up our church on the website. They were ex just thrilled about the green team and couldn't wait to meet our green team members. And they wanted to know when our services were and all sorts of things about the congregation. So um, they're excited about being our neighbors. And it turns out Mark is involved in, uh, he works with uh, renewable energy, putting up wind farms and solar systems and all of that. So anyway, um, God is good and they are, they are really thrilled uh, to be next to the church and it sounds like we'll take an interest in us. So if you see them prowling around on the South Lawn, taking measurements and envisioning their next landscape project, um, please say hi to them. They were really excited to meet, to, uh, to meet us. And now let us pray. God of goodness and growth, all creation is yours and your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens water and word, wine and bread. These are signs of your abundant grace. Nourish us through these gifts that we might proclaim your steadfast love in our communities and in the world. Through Jesus Christ, our strength and our song. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. 
We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks to the Lord. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love, you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and help us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Whether we are brimming with faith, resting comfortably in a moderate pool of faith, clinging to that tiny speck of faith, or living with no sense of faith at all, Christ invites us, each and every one of us, to a place of honor at this table of healing and forgiveness. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to take your bread. This is the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And with the cup, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. Let us pray. God of the welcome table, in this meal we have feasted on your goodness and have been united by your presence among us. Empower us to go forth, sustained by these gifts, so that you may share your neighborly love with all. Through Jesus Christ, the giver of abundant life. Amen. All right, Steve, are y'all ready with another piece?
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and fill you with peace. Amen. Go in peace. Thank God. Practice community. Serve Christ. Serve Christ. And live and live Thanks be, Thanks to, be God. to God.